This is Rugger Matrix America. Hello, Juro Sen, back after a bit of a breather to see how the kids have been going on their own. Bruce McLean and Alex Goff, this episode 46, and we've got a special guest from Japan joining us today. But may I say hello again to my good friend from New York City. Good evening to you, Bruce McLean. Good to be back talking to you on the American show. Yes, it's kind of like uh, Gabe Kaplan and welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back. <laughs> Freddie Boom Boom Washington ready to go. Alex is Horseshack and I'll be Bob Marino. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, classic show and uh, that laugh coming in from the west coast of the United States is uh, Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com. Yes? Uh, ooh, ooh, I was just doing my horse <laughs> impression. Yeah, uh, sorry, I didn't recognize it because it was so bad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Gerald, it's great to have you back and I feel like we're the kids who crashed the car while Dad was away, so... Well, I've uh, had a look at the uh, Duco and uh, whatever else you've wrecked on the vehicle, and it's been patched up, ready to go. And today we cross to Japan to Todd Clever to join us on the program. And Todd Clever playing with Suntory. Uh, of course, the director of rugby there is Eddie Jones. You have some other greats like uh, George Gregan involved there and uh, Peter Hewitt from Australia, as listeners to the International Show would know. But uh, they went through the semi-finals perfectly at the weekend. Suntory and Todd Clever, it's our pleasure to welcome you back to Rugger Matrix America. G'day, Todd. Having me on again. Well, what a time it's been there. You uh, you had a specific goal to go to Japan, and so far, so good. Yeah, no, it's all falling into place right now. Um, you know, I came back, came here uh, off injury, uh, rehabbing, uh, missed the first couple rounds. And then, uh, and then the team just started picking up some steam, and uh, we haven't looked back. And you know, uh, made made the semifinals, uh, beat our rivals Toshiba, and uh, and now uh, we're looking to play the finals this weekend against uh, Sanyo. Todd, you you just knocked off the pretty much perennial champions of Japan, and in one of the articles, I mean, although you have like you and George Gregan and Peter Hewitt and all. Eddie Jones really praised the Japanese players. Are, are many of the guys on your team, are they Japanese national team players or are they aspiring guys? Yeah, yeah, we have, we have quite a few of the guys that, uh, that have won the uh, Japanese national team. Uh, I think we have, I mean, in the squad that has been in the team, I'm, my guess is, you know, we have 12, 12 to 15 guys. You know, so we have uh, we have a, we have a, a good number of uh, of guys playing at the high level, and uh, you know, and, and Eddie Eddie's d- done exactly that. You know, he's, he's praised you know the heart of the team, and it's uh, I, I wouldn't say it's the overseas guys. I, I would say it's uh, it's the Japanese players that have uh, really really done a great job uh, getting us where we are. Now, uh, Todd, also you were you were mentioned in the report, for Eddie Jones singling you out as having a good game. And, and and you are a high profile guy on the team, so there is a little bit of pressure on you to to make you know you're recognizable and everything. There's pressure on you to to perform. Do you feel that kind of pressure? Um, you know, I I don't really take uh, outside pressure. I mean, I, I I put pressure on myself, and you know, I want to do do good for the team, and I want to do good for myself, and want to do you know you know live up to live up to what I what I've done in the past, and you know, hopefully it's. Uh, you know, it's still going up and up. So, you know, it's no more pressure than usually is. 
Todd, last time we spoke, you were just getting started there and waiting to see what the competition, uh, what life under Eddie Jones was, Jones was going to be like. Uh, given the season's gone by, what has it been like under Eddie Jones? I've worked with him before. I know he works every hour of the day possible, maybe two or three hour, hours sleep. But you know as a player that he's already put the work in, so you sort of have to live up to his expectations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you said it. He, uh, he's, he works tirelessly. He, uh, he's nonstop. He puts in the hours um, and you know he 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 loves he loves the game and you know he he loves the team that we're with and you know he really believes in us and you can really feel that uh, passion from him. So it's uh it's great to uh, you know work with him and work under him and uh, you know I'm learning a lot and you know it's uh, you know look, looking bright for us. Uh, before Bruce jumps in, I just wanted to follow again on Eddie. Eddie's the type of coach that really likes to manage the micromanager match. But what have you found about his coaching that's been an eye-opener? Say, wow, I hadn't really thought of it that way, or this is a, a, a new way of learning about the game of rugby because we all learn about the game every time we watch a new game that is being played or, or trained. Yeah, we, uh, we, we do a lot of, uh, lot of sports coding, and uh, we do a lot of stats. And, uh, you know, it seems like there's no, uh, no stone unturned when it, when it comes to our, our opposition and it comes to ourselves. And, uh, you know, after the game, you know, the next Monday morning, we, we know exactly, you know, how many tackles we've made, how many ball carries we've run, how many meters we've, uh, you know, you gained. Um, and, and the list goes on and on. And, and not only what, what about us, we, we know what, what our opposition number has done. And then we know what our opposition's number going to be doing and kind of find out the tendencies so i mean it's kind of a you know it's been a big eye opener um of just of just stats and and the professionalism that that's uh that's taking part here and uh you know just putting in the time and and effort which you know i've i've always i've always thought i've done that the extra in previous years uh to 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 build up where i am now but uh, you know, here they bring it to another level, and, and Eddie Eddie heads the ship, and you know you're you're expected a lot of uh, of of each person, and, and he 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 does it uh, starting it out. Todd, I got a two prong question for you. First, uh, Mike Tolkien asked me to ask you a question about the differences in the defensive system, especially at the A spot that that uh, Eddie Jones is. The A spot is this is the second man out from the defensive. Um, defensive line that he was discussing with you on tour that you didn't return his email about <laughs> and he, he wanted to know if you would discuss that a little bit the differences between Eddie Jones's system and Eddie O'Sullivan's system and then I'll ask you the second question um yeah our defenses run a little bit a uh, little bit differently um you know obviously you want to uh you know this is on face play. You want to take care of that ruck and you know make sure there's no nothing, uh, no sniper from the nine or or pick and go from from a forward. So we, we have pillar and then uh, what you do we have a and then we go wide with uh, so we have different terminology. So so bear with me. So in America we'll do pillar A B C and you know in in Japan we'll have pillar A B and then our C goes way wide uh, outside shoulder of ten. And then, uh, and then we we have someone filling in that gap between uh, you know B and C, uh, B and C here, and that's uh, we don't really have that in uh, in the in the Eagles squad. 
um, you know, I think primarily because there's a lot of attack off of uh, off of the nine. So you know, we do it, and a lot of other teams do it. You know, the the, the nines here are pretty uh, pretty fast and 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 quick, and you know, have a have a good have a good step. So we so they we might fill that uh, that gap, and maybe that's the the biggest reason. And uh, international, we we I think it's uh, we're covering our butts so we don't get burned on the outside. And secondly. Most very successful teams <clears throat> have a lot of physicality at practice. What's the physicality level there? What's the physicality level at the Eddie Jones practices relative to what maybe you've seen in South Africa or what you've heard about from other professional players that you know around the world or even guys that are in your team with you? Um, I, I can compare I compare Super 14 to, to Top League Japan and um, you know, Super 14 preseason is uh, you know one of, one of the hardest things you know I've I've had to do um, for you know fitness wise, physicality wise, and just you know you, you know use everything 100 percent, everything you know gun ho. Um, here in Japan, it it's uh, it is more physical than I thought it would be. Uh, the uh, the the preseason is long, but uh, you don't really you know you don't really let up too much you know so. You kind of have to be smart on your own and kind of uh, not sit out, but you know you you don't go full out, and you know eighty percent means eighty percent. And I think uh, you know in previous years it was Super fourteen. You know there wasn't really an eighty percent. There was you know all all gun ho for preseason, and then it's about maintaining your your, your um, physical nature, maintaining your um, maintaining your uh, uh, fitness and everything f- throughout the season. Uh, here it's it's uh, you know we, we do quite a bit of uh, you know you know defense quite a bit of you know rocks quite a bit of the things that we we've you know needed to work on and that what we have improved and I would say our forwards have uh, have really stepped up and, and and gotten a lot tougher from from even from the uh, beginning to the middle and now here we stepped it up again so um, you know just uh, you know it, it is physical it is more physical than I thought it would be. But uh, you know, it's uh, you have to put in the hard work to uh, to get the rewards. Well, that's one of the interesting things about playing in Japan, Todd. And you and I have talked about this a little bit. Uh, that uh, those, at least the stereotype, the story about athletes going to Japan is that Japanese athletes train differently from, say, American athletes would. Uh, I've done a lot of reading in terms of the comparison with baseball, because of, co- of course, there's a commonality in the the following of that sport. But it, it seems like left to their own devices, Japanese athletes will train themselves into the ground. And it's a, a Western influence of training and recovery and training and recovery, perhaps, uh, that, that would be different for them. And I don't know what it's like under Eddie because, of course, Eddie not being Japanese has a different different take on it. Do you do you see – Well, he's actually, the, part, he's, he's actually part Japanese. So there's well, a, okay, yeah, okay, maybe, a strong, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. A strong, he's got a strong cultural link, so – Thought I just yeah. jumped in there. I had to jump yeah, in. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's fine because then then he has more of an understanding. But Todd, I I wanted to know whether you see a difference in approach between how you approach your training and how the Japanese players on the team approach their training, and perhaps how somebody like uh, George or some of the other uh, um, gaijin uh, approach. Yeah, um, you know, some some after a long session that we'll have, you know, uh, um, 
you know, I would be fine guilty if, uh, you know, being one of the first guys off the training field, you know, because I know, I know I, for my style of play and how I want to be, I want to be as fresh as possible when it comes weekend. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Japanese players, they always seem to, you know, want to do and find extra work to do if it's, you know, catching, catching, uh, restarts or, or practicing their one-on-one tackling or breakdowns. Um, you know, I'm getting in the showers and, and all cleaned up and everything. And they're still, you know, still working, you know, hard out. So, you know, it's just a, I think they just want to be a perfectionist and sort of, you know, get all their aspect of the game. And, you know, and for me, I wouldn't say I'm a, a complete player at all, but, you know, I, I just know I perform better, you know, with more rest and everything. And, um, you know, it, it's, they do. They do. They have shut off the lights uh, at trainings in the evenings sometimes when people are still out there to uh, to basically shoo them off. Uh, you know, so that's quite funny. But uh, you know, Eddie Eddie does have a pretty good grip um, on the guys, and you know, he monitors um, through GPS uh, about eight guys a training session, um, and heart rate monitor that. So we know exactly uh, how long we're out there uh, how, how how much people are running and what kind of intensity they're running so every, everything's taken in account of you know that to uh, to best prepare so I, he he won't let people overdo themselves too much but uh, people do sneak in uh, extra sessions and you know and you know for myself I think uh, the training and, and a couple extra sessions is uh, is good but uh, but definitely don't overkill it how how valuable do you find your experience in Japan? And also, do you think that there could possibly be some some other opportunities for American players in Japan now that you've had several man-in-a-match performances and a bit of success? Yeah, I mean, first part of the question, the World Cup, you know, I'm... That that's been my goal since uh, since 2007. Is you know how how am I going to best prepare myself for the World Cup? And uh, you know, and I, I had a couple couple seasons down in South Africa, and then now uh, now getting ready for you know getting my body prepared, mentally prepared. And you know, I didn't think it was going to be you know the, this uh, this beneficial for myself. You know, I I really self see myself to prove, um, you know, mentally and physically. You know, I'm 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 very fit at the moment. We we run quite a bit, and I'm game fit, match fit, and uh, you know, mentally, like like I touched on earlier, of just uh, the preparation and and kind of knowing your opposition and knowing yourself and you know what to expect out of it. So I think uh, I think I'm on the right track, and and I'm really looking forward to. Uh, to, to New Zealand uh, for, for, for the World Cup. Todd, part of that, you know, you compare Super 14 and and playing in Japan. There's also the aspect of, of winning games as opposed to losing a lot of them. And, and we had Ben Darwin on the show, and Ben uh, made the observation that you had sort of a combination of being lucky and unlucky in the Super 14, unlucky to be on a team that wasn't performing well and couldn't win a game. But at the same time, because you were on a team that wasn't way at the top, perhaps you got um, more playing opportunities and it was better for you individually as a player. I don't know um, how that worked for you, but I think most athletes would say they'd prefer to win a game rather than lose it. And, and, and how is the, the jump for you from being on the Lions in South Africa where it was just going, it seemed to be going downhill, to now you're, you're going to be playing in the, the league final 
here in Japan? Um, you know, I, I really, I really did enjoy my time in South Africa, and I, I, I love being part of the Lions. Um, it, it was a tough uh, second season with with us, uh, you know, uh, struggling in the competition. But you know, for for me as a player, um, as an American uh, foreigner, you you kind of have to take what you you can get. Um, and the Lions offered me a contract, and you know, and to play in Super 14, and you know, that was my dream. And and uh, you know, I, I went there with uh, with an open mind, and went there positively, and you know, gave it all I got. And if it was uh, if it was playing the top team or playing the worst team, you know, I was I was always gave it 100, percent and you know, I really really did enjoy uh, my time there. And to compare it here, um, I'm also enjoying it. It's it's a bit different, obviously, with uh, you know the language barrier. Uh, the training's different. You know, not everybody in the team is is a professional. Um, but the, but I've met some really good guys, and 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 the Japanese guys are you know some characters, and you know learning a lot. So it's just uh, you know it's just another chapter in in myself, and 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 uh, just just gotta take it for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, don't let it pass you by. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm living what, what I wanted to do. I'm living my dream of, uh, of experiencing different cultures and playing rugby for a living. So uh, I can't complain too much. Do you think opportunities or possible opportunities for American players over in Japan now that you've had quite a bit of success and you've had some man in a match performances and you've really – kind of cemented yourself as, as a very solid performer. Yeah, I mean, a- absolutely. I mean, um, there's a, there's, a, it takes a lot to move over here. I mean, you're, you're giving a boy away, you know, your, your Western lifestyle. And, and I think, uh, a lot of guys would do really well here. And I think, uh, quite a few guys would struggle over here. Um, you know, they, they say your first year is the toughest, just getting used to food, getting used to, you know, the living, used to training, used to language, used to, you know, the coaching styles. So, you know, I, I, and I found some of those difficulties as well, but, you know, I actually, you know, take everything, uh, for what, for what it's worth and, and enjoy it and enjoy the struggles, enjoy the challenge and, uh, you know, make the most. So I do think that there is uh, opportunity, but, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is, you know, they have to see, you know, a coach hasn't got to see someone playing. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if they would take, take an American playing, you know, in a, at a, in a high school yard or, or at a college or anything like that. I think they want to see more of it. So if they're already playing professional or if they're on the national team, uh, they, they could do it. So, I mean, USA is scheduled to come out here in Japan in August right before the World Cup. So that could be, you know, a, a big uh, – big opportunity for some of the guys on the on the national team uh, on the USA team to you know show themselves and if they perform well um in in the Japan test you know that there could be some some offers you know go, going around I def- I definitely see you know some Americans doing really well over here and uh you know and, and I recommend it Todd is that a good move for the Eagles to play that test before the World Cup yeah, I, I I was all for it. You know, uh, we have uh, we have Canada home and away, and then we have uh, a, a game against Japan here. Um, I think some of the other you know things that we were looking at were you know somewhere in the South Pacific playing down there, and you know I, I don't think that would have been uh, smart for the Eagles to you know play a Tonga or Samoa or Pacific Islands team to you know for for the rug, right before the Rugby World Cup. You know, Japan—they're going to test us in all areas. They're—they're—they're they're, they're good attacking. They're very fit. 
and uh, they're they're gonna ha- they're gonna have some you know some some real good team because they they're, they're gonna have a lot of build up a lot of time together something that we're uh, you know lacking in, but uh, I, I think uh, I think it's I think that's probably the best game um, that we have in our schedule for the for the year before going into the World Cup. God, you're gonna you're gonna be playing in the finals tomorrow or not tomorrow this week, and and. How do you? How do you guys? Are you the favorite or the underdog? And what are you going to be doing after the se- You know, the season's over. Then what? What are you doing after that? Is there anything in Japan, or do you come home, or do you train, or how? Do, how does it go from here? A little rest and relaxation. <laughs> yeah. So the so the final is the the thirtieth, and that's the top league final. So that's uh, versus Sanyo. Um, I wouldn't say we're you know big time favorites. We did beat them in the in the regular season um, at the la- last minute penalty goal. So it was a it was a very tight game, and they have uh, Tony Brown heading that ship, and uh, he's he's controlling the game, and he's doing really well still. Um, and uh, you know, uh, right after that final, there's another competition in Japan, which is called the Japan Cup. And they bring up, you know, I think four universities, six top league teams, and uh, two teams or four teams, something like that, from uh, from the second division. And and uh, you know, we'll go from from if you're in the finals, you automatically go to the semifinal of that competition. So we have, you know, at most three more games being played here in Japan. And uh, you know, after after that, uh, hopefully, you know, coming back with uh, with a couple trophies. And uh, I think you'll notice that the university teams is where the, the, the sides are supported most by the fans. The, the crowds are bigger even than for, for your competition. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, for the university finals, I think it was you know, over 40,000 people at the stadium. Um, for our semifinal, I think, uh, I think we just, uh, just hit the 12,000 mark. So, yeah, it's uh, a, a bit, uh, bit difference. Physically... Because um, you're a big unit, Todd. When I saw you rampaging around for the Lions, I thought you, you were a man that will take a lot to stop. But have you uh, changed your physicality at all in terms of weight? Um, what have you done while you're in Japan? Yeah, um, you, it is a different game here. And, uh, you know, these these Japanese guys aren't scared of tackling. They're not scared of putting their head in front of you. So uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's quite a few... Uh, few knockouts uh you know from from some of the big foreigners with their you know bashing bashing them up but uh you know from from super four super 14 i was weighing in uh between 102 and 103 kgs and then uh and then now i'm at uh, 99 to 100 so i'm i'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a couple kgs lighter uh you know footwork trying to you know avoid those uh you know missiles coming at my knees and and, and ankles uh, but uh, but for the for the most part, it's uh, you know my game is game has stayed pretty pretty similar. Will you look to keep around that weight under a hundred? Um, after the top league, I, I'll uh, I'll try to put on a couple extra kg. So you know probably around one uh, one hundred one one hundred two is uh, what I think I'll play best at with uh, with the USA. Yes, and I think the panel can all agree that we'd like to keep ourselves under a hundred kilograms as well, Bruce. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> Ship has sailed. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that that's uh. Hey, Todd, what's something that American coaches and American players can learn from the Japanese game, and 
Is there anything about the Japanese game that you would like to see in America? Um, you know, running rugby, that kind of that kind of thing that maybe we don't have enough of here. Yeah, the, I mean, um, you know, the top league has has various styles from team to team, and uh, there are a couple teams that uh, that basically run it from everywhere. And uh, you know, Centauri being one of them, we we take our chances and we we play what's in front of us. Um, you know, there are other teams that, uh, you know, play like an Argentinian, Argentinian style with a lot of high balls, you know, kick and chase and put a little pressure there. And then, uh, there's games with, uh, that some teams that play, uh, territorial. So, you know, you get a, you get a mix. So I wouldn't say that there is a style, um, you know, Sanyo, uh, in their semifinal, they, they, they were kicking quite a bit. So, you know, I think, uh, this week we, we have a lot to, uh, get ready with of, of just, you know, fielding and getting our, getting our support back and, you know, looking for those, uh, to turn those, uh, you know, defensive opportunities into attacking position. Um, but, uh, you know, to compare it to the States, it's really hard to um, rugby here is very professional. Um, you know, from from clubhouses to to meeting rooms to we have uh, you know a kitchen staff that that cooks us meals. Um, we have people to do our laundry. We have people to you know pass it out. We we have uh, doctor two doctors on 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 site. We have you know six trainers, uh, a bunch of student trainers. So I mean you know there's. A lot of a lot of uh, support that that goes into it, and obviously that takes you know time, that takes money, and that takes you know uh, you know the, the the staff itself. So you know that I don't think we have that in the states. You know maybe a couple places, but for, for the most part, you know you can't really uh, you know compare. And and I think uh, Centauri, you know every time we go to another thing for a practice game or or scrimmage or practice with another team, you know every every top league has you know. You know, a nice, nice locker room, classrooms, meal room, you know, meeting rooms. And, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, some of the success. Well, it's clearly not a supporter-based uh, competition, is it, Todd? It's, it's about the companies and it's about a lot of pride there. And uh, the people charged with the responsibility of making sure that Eddie Jones and you as a player have your resources, there's a lot of pressure on that person too to make sure you succeed. So it's a bit of a different model, isn't it? I mean, it'd be nice to see uh, someone plough that much money into the the states, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, well, Todd, you know, you you were on the sidelines, you know, sitting watching in, from the crowd in 2003 at the World Cup when the USA beat Japan, and it wasn't long after that that you were on the field with the team when they toured Japan at the end of uh, 2008 and got swept. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of reflected, you know, some people sort of grumbled about the, those results until they saw Japan go, uh, sorry, saw Canada go to Japan and get beat even worse. So uh, uh, is, it, is it just the, the professional setup that has helped Japan get better? Or was, were, was that tour for the USA an anomaly and, and going back there you'd expect to do much better? Um, and, and, you know, just it's, it's a completely different situation, different coach, different place where the team is or or is japan that much better and and it's based on that professionalism yeah i, I would i would definitely say it's it's japan improving um from from 2002 2003 when the eagles you know beat japan you know and and to 2008 and you know to present you know japan has you know hundreds of professional rugby players that that are playing you know 
all the time, every every day, you know, f throughout the year, trying to make the national team. You know, we, we don't we don't have any of those in in the states. We we do have the athletes, but we don't have you know professional professional rugby players. Um, so I would definitely say that uh, you know Japan is 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 moving up the ranks, and you know they are beating teams. I mean, they, they, Russia came and toured here uh, this November, and Japan put seventy points on them. Um, you know, they, 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 they beat Georgia, they, they beat, they beat Canada, you know, big time. And, uh, it's going to be a tough, tough game for us uh, when we come over here and tour. So, um, you know, we, we just have to be ready for it. And, you know, I, I, I expect us to do better and, you know, we're, we're going to have a little bit of time together, have a couple games under our belt. And it's not just going to be, you know, one-off game series, how it was kind of in, uh, in 2008, um, where we just came over here twi two games and then that was it for the for the for the uh, tour. Uh, so I so I do pr think that we're, we're going to do better, but uh, it's not going to be an easy task at all. Todd, tell me a little bit about the back row players that you've been playing with for the USA because it's been moved around a little bit, partly because of injury or or things like that. And you mentioned uh, the the trip to Japan and Inaki Basari was on that trip, but then we we didn't see him for another year and a half, and now he's. You know, he sort of brought, worked his way back into the squad. Uh, Nick Johnson is a back row player. Lou Stanfield, uh, JJ Guyano, um, all these guys you know, are, are good players. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you to, who you prefer to play with, but w what do some of those players bring to the the party, and and how do you work off of those different their different styles? Yeah, um, yeah. Like you said, I've I've been I've been moved around, and you know, here in Japan, I played uh, you know blindside, and we played number eight. And uh, for for the states, I've played number seven and number six. So you know, things um, things on on that side are are you know just positional, and and how do how do I play you know uh, with a guy across the scrum with me, and which one do I prefer? And you know, I get asked that quite a bit. You know, which one do I like better? But it, you know, it just matters what what kind of game plan we're playing and who's on the other side of the scrum. Um, you know, the U.S. guys, you know, definitely bring uh, you know more size, uh, a little bit more physicality um, uh, than the Japanese guys do. But the you know our, our eight and seven here uh, with the club, you know, have, uh, have have played played awesome this season. Um, and, uh, you know, you kind of just, uh, you expect that from, you, you expect that a lot from your, your teammates and I expect it on the U S team and I expect it here. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, bring, bring it in, um, br bring them in and, and, you know, speak to them and sort of, you know, you have your own little thing and, you know, I, I introduced, introduced, uh, you know, the, the Japanese, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, back row buddies, you know, it's sort of, we just have, have a little tight grip. And so every time we have a hot team huddle, you know, we're always next to each other and we, we're sort of working together and you kind of, you know, how to turn balls over, look in the team and on the scrums kind of, you know, just talk to each other. So I think that helps quite a bit. I remember saying, you know, back row buddies a long time ago with Frank Sharp and Richard White and myself. So it's sort of, you know, something that, you know, you, you kind of, you know, after playing with a, a couple guys for, for a while, you uh, you get to know each other and, you know, and, and, and feed off each other and, and work, work together. So uh, we're getting that here and I've gotten that with the U.S. team and had it with age grade. So it's, uh, no, it's, it's going quite good. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned Frank Sharp. Mike Tolkien and I were speaking about Frank today and we're thinking 
Frankie may be may be the option that we have to do. We may have to move him back to number eight. So uh, pretty pretty good stuff. He he's he just had a baby. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, wow. he's he's do, he's doing pretty well. Yeah, living in Brooklyn, living the dream. But anyway, Todd, you are a dual international, sevens and fifteens, and you know probably one of my favorite rugby magazine photos of all time would be. You with all those bikini-clad women in the USA Sevens. And since USA Sevens is upcoming, and Bronk, you got to be there. That was, that, was, that was actually the Sevens where I said 11 hours of Sevens. It takes a lot of beer to get through 11 hours of Sevens. But, uh, but anyway, it's a big deal to have, a, to have a tournament in the United States. What did it mean to you as a player to get the opportunity – to play in front of you, especially when you were doing it, uh, San Diego Sevens, like your your true club home crowd, although it's not your home, but it's your club home. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the the USA Sevens in, in a whole is awesome. And I played in it, uh, in Carson, in LA, and then San Diego. Um, and, uh, you know, playing on home soil uh, with, with your national team jersey, 15s or 7s, it, it is something special. And, uh, you know, you have more family, you have more friends, you have more support, obviously. Uh, so it's something that, uh, you know, I will always cherish in my heart for all the memories I have. You know, some of the some of the tries that I'll never forget, a couple of the tackles that I'll never forget. And, you know, able to, uh, you know, watch it on, uh, you know, get forwarded on YouTube, uh, you know, sometimes. And it's quite funny to, you know, remember that. And uh, now the new guys that uh, that are that are in the shoes that I was in. Um, are gonna are gonna are gonna live it up, you know. And, and now that they're performing well and and taking some scalps and and you know getting in these quarters and semifinals, and uh, you know I think this uh, this is definitely gonna be the season where where they're they're gonna um, take a trophy uh, just uh, with all the hard work that they've been doing. But uh, you know, sadly, I'm gonna have to miss the the, the Las Vegas Sevens this year because of uh, the Japan Cup. But uh, I will definitely be there in spirit and, uh, and and be watching it and keeping a close eye. But uh, w- right whenever I have a chance, uh, hopefully it's next year, I'll uh, I'll have the time off and, and be able to uh, to enjoy it again. You know, maybe on the field, but uh, for sure be there in, in the stands next to next next to you, Brucey. Yeah, no, that, that'd be good. we get those we can get those beers coming from up front. That the beers come from the bottom, Todd. They they fill them up. <laughs> They put a cup down and a beer fills up from the bottom. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I, I, I've watched I've watched that on YouTube for about a half hour straight, and I still still can't figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> it's, 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 got a, it's got a magnet at the bottom. Imagine having about twelve beers and you're watching it. It's really gets really cool. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. It's actually very exciting. This was invented by a guy. Montesano, Washington, which is a tiny town, even smaller than the town that I live in. Uh, he just decided that it was he needed to build something, uh, a machine that would fill beer cups better. And and really, when when you're sitting around with nothing to do, what what better cause is there? Well, finally, technology's been used for the right thing. That's all I can say. <laughs> Uh, actually, while I've got you on the line, Todd, uh, an email came through on the Rugger Matrix email, which is admin at ruggermatrix.com, and a uh, fellow calls James Tan from New York, actually, and uh, Bruce, he was lamenting the fact that um, he, uh, the first thing, he's a good guy because he's a huge fan of our show, 
And secondly, uh, he's dirty on the fact that uh, he can no longer watch Super Rugby, uh, even online, uh, down south. What's the, uh, what's the go um, stateside uh, with viewing Super Rugby, which is going to be bigger than and better this year with 15 teams? I, I don't know. I have my... Um... I have my Fox Soccer Plus subscription, and I didn't know. I, I thought Super Rugby was going to be on here. I could be gravely mistaken. He probably knows better than me. I, I've been busy with uh, between my surgery and my dad being sick. I haven't really followed if, if they were there. So, no, I, I don't know. Alex, you might know. Well, I, th- I think it depends on their, their cable uh, their cable package, what, they, what they're going to get. And I, I, I don't... Uh, you know, well, what, what I'm what seeing here, I don't think it's even coming into the states. So, um, which would well, be that, well, that's that, that's a rights issue, and it, yeah. I, I don't think people well, are willing to pay for the, for the rights for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it'd be it a terrible be shame. I mean, across, I mean, that's if, where if, we learn across from Tasman is is great, is a wonderful site for getting those downloads, but you have to wait until uh, the game's been played. You're not going to watch it live, I suppose. You know, that's a that's an I, issue, right? I there. almost never watch the game live anyway because. You know they're on at such wacky times, but no, that, that well, no, that that'll be very very sad if that's the case. Right. Todd, do you get to watch much rugby? Do you or do you uh, or are you just wrapped up in your own thing? It's like, hey man, I you know as as somebody said to Walter Payton when when he was, do you watch Monday Night Football? He's like, man, does the secretary go home from work and start typing? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I, I watch a little bit of Heineken Cup, uh, you know, but uh, but that's kind of funny because you know I, I can get rugbyed out, but uh, what really interests me is watching watching teammates play, you know, watching Z Z doing well over there, um, watching Walsy, you know, in France and England, uh, touring and and just sort of you know just just keep an eye on those guys um, mostly. But uh, but if it's a if it's a game and you know just a regular game, I, I'm I'm not too not too keen on watching it just uh, just to watch it. But if it's a, if there's some interest on it, then uh, then absolutely. Todd, we had uh, Ali Williams, the All Blacks lock, who had a short stint uh, with Nottingham in uh, the uh, second division in England, just to get back on his feet. Second Achilles injury, and hopefully going to play for the All Blacks in the World Cup. But he told us that uh, during his long phase of injury recovery that he turned off rugby for a while because he found it, not because it wasn't interesting, he just found it boring. But last year, when the rule interpretation allowed more play, he became a fan of it. Like This is an international cap player from the mighty All Blacks who suddenly became a fan of the game. Do, do you feel like last year was such a big year for the game internationally uh, and you were part of it, uh, that it was an important step to become a more attractive um, sport for, for the masses. Yeah, I mean, not not just to watch, but to play in. I mean, you know, it, it was it was fun, you know, because, I mean, I think the, the rate was, I mean, if you're going to take the ball in, you're going to get that ball back 80% of the time. I mean, the, the window of, of uh, poaching a ball or turning the ball over was, uh, was extremely small, and, and, you know, people were attacking more, there's more tries. There's more breaks. Um, you know, it, it, it was great. It was great to watch, and you know, it was great to play in. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. And you know, it's uh, you know, you kind of have to uh, you know find something in the middle of, of you know if you want if you want the sport to you know be more successful, then uh, then make it more exciting. 
I think a bit of that had to do with the Reds too, Jiro, because during that during that Super fifteen Super fourteen season last year, the Reds really took a lot of gambles with young guys and and played. You know, I I mean under Mooney they ran a lot, but it probably was a little bit less structured. And I think when when you and McKenzie put a bit of structure into that, I think other teams started to say, hey, wait, you know. 85% of penalties at breakdown area are against the defensive team. We got to run the ball. And I, and I think that that's been a great thing in rugby. No doubt. Uh, I've got no doubt that uh, other coaches watched it because it happened earlier enough in the season for people to say, okay, at international level, we'll have a go at that. And then later on in the autumn internationals, I mean, look at England. I mean, they played, outplayed Australia at their own game on their home soil. Which uh, uh, yeah. was embarrassing from an Australian point of view, yeah. but really pleasing yeah. to see from a world game point of view. You know what? I got. I want to get back. To, I want. I want to. Ch- I want to dive off this subject for a second. Todd, we had Louis Stanfill on, and 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 we were talking about the importance of his parents and his life and his rugby career. I mean, I can think of nobody who has more supportive parents than the Clevers. And Mr. and Mrs. Clever are as supportive and, and, and really have probably the most instrumental role in, 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 in your success. Can you just describe what, that's, what that relationship is like? I mean, you, really fully down. I mean, they've been nothing but the most supportive people you could ever hope to imagine. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I do owe all my success to to my folks for being so supportive, and you know, they they're, they are the ones that that pushed me into the sport. You know, I wasn't I wasn't really a, a rugby lover at the beginning, and they kind of uh, you know forced it on me. If I wanted to, you know, go on these awesome tours, I'd have to you know dedicate my uh, time and myself to to the team. So I learned quite a bit through that, and. Uh, you know, I, I can't thank them enough. And, and from, from, from the fun tours uh, back at College Park high school days to, uh, to you know, making the USA 19 team where they, where they went to both, uh, both the world championships I played in, uh, you know, to, to All-Americans where they, they, they watched me play, to, you know, playing for the Eagles and watching me, you know, they've been to, you know, a couple World Cups as well. So it's, uh, you know... Just uh, makes me makes me want to try harder. Makes me want to play harder. And uh, you know, just you know, I, I can't uh, can't say enough nice things on on how supportive they have been uh, in in both my brother and myself uh, rugby career. Yeah, the support really counts, uh, Todd. Uh, we're going to let you go in a second, uh, gentlemen. Uh, one last question from you both, Alex. Uh, you first. Oh, put me on the spot. Uh, come on. Um, <laughs> Uh, Todd, you talked about, and we actually talked a little bit about the the thing about your parents and 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 uh, starting out at College Park, and it's going to be something in Rugby Magazine about it. But you said in that interview that you always wanted to be sure to take a take a step step away from the team or step away from being with all about rugby just for a moment whenever you travel to appreciate where you are and appreciate um, either the place that you're visiting or even just the situation that you're in. Um, what, what do you do in Japan to do that? Um, you know, I, I, I do c- kind of funny things. Uh, you know, I, 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 well, I, my most recent purchase was a, was a, was a little 50, 50, or 50 uh, cc scooter so I can jam around <laughs> Tokyo. <laughs> Tokyo. <laughs> 
So uh, every uh, you know afternoon off or something, I'll go down to uh, Shibuya Crossing, and you know, which is the the crazy crazy crossing, and you know, just put myself in in there. Um, you know, New Year's New Year's is really big here, um, and uh, for for New Year's, I went to a temple uh and uh kind of you know did did the whole uh you know japanese you know leave leave a gift and sort of you know a piece of wood and kind of just wait in line for a couple hours and just kind of you know experience the the, the culture um i i enjoy the food here so you know going and do all the you know alleyway uh you know home uh family owned uh restaurants i, I enjoy doing that so i mean there's a, there's enough stuff to keep me uh you know busy with the with a little t- time i have off Todd, I don't have a question. I just would like to thank you for being on the show. You're a terrific guest, as always. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And good luck this weekend in in your uh, in your game in 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 the, in the grand final game. And that's gonna that's gonna be really exciting stuff. I and mean, it's always exciting to play in a grand final. And and it's got to be nice to be playing in in it under Eddie Jones um, as as a World Cup winner. That would be uh, that should be awesome. So. Good luck, play well, and um, I wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks very much. You know, it's a it's a pleasure, like always. Uh, always uh, dedicate some time for you guys, and uh, you know, always good to catch up and find out what's news back uh, back home and everything. So I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, hopefully the weekend goes well. Uh, I'm I'm fairly confident with the boys. We uh, have a few more sessions before before the big day, and uh, you know, hopefully coming home with a with a couple of trophies. Well done, Todd. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, and uh, speak to you guys again. There he is, Todd Clever, joining us from Japan. Good luck in the Thanks, big Todd. grand final this weekend. And, uh, Bruce, thank you for your time. been great to chat with you again on the show. And once again, if you do know anything more about streaming into the U.S. of Super Rugby, uh, let us know. Uh, admin at RuggerMatrix.com. And uh, if you aren't getting it stateside... There might be something we can do from our end here to try and push it through. So uh, any information at all you have out there, let us know. Admin at RuggerMatrix.com. Bruce, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm really, uh, it was nice having you back, Bronk. And uh, I, I would encourage everybody, again, as, as we do every week, listen to Rugger Matrix International, especially if you are, are an aspiring coach, if you are a an aspiring player, a player, and... And also, if you're a fan of rugby, I mean, you, they, every single competition is discussed, and it's and it's a great show, and it's really fun to listen to. Knocking in on your iPad or your iPod, pop it in your car, listen to it on your way back and forth from work. It's it's good stuff. It's definitely worth it, and it's a lot better than a lot of the crap on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that endorsement, Bruce. Much appreciated. And Alex Goff uh, from RugbyMag.com and the magazine itself. Thank you, and well done. Congratulations yeah. at all the efforts uh, putting together the uh, podcast on your lonesome, your lonesome and lonesome. Um, yeah, pretty, I, pretty. I pretty, had, I'll a, give I, you a pass I had some kind of, I had some kind of Flintstones contraption <laughs> going with a. It was a, it was a stone box, and there was a bird inside pecking away at different things, and that's basically how we did it. Yeah, I um, uh, unfortunately, the it mix- sounded that way when we, when we did that. <laughs> Salty Thompson Scott Lawrence interview. Oh <laughs> uh, dear, no, uh, it was a pretty good. It's a pretty good job. It's not easy actually to uh, to panel these uh, programs, and uh, I'll actually be posting on uh, 
the business website, which I'm relaunching next week, and I'll let everyone know through the Rugged Matrix Network uh, how to do it. And uh, it's not that cheap, actually, if you want to do it properly, but I will show you um, the best way to do it. So, Alex, well done anyway, because you're doing it on limited resources, and and I've just been flat out, and it's uh, important to keep the show going stateside. So, well done, Alex, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. All right, that is it. Thank you, Alex and Todd and Bruce. That is it for Rugged Matrix America, show 46. And don't forget, you can get the back catalogue on RuggedMatrix.com or if you go to RugbyMag.com, you will also get a link to the show of the week. All right, thanks for joining us. The boys will be back next week for Rugged Matrix America. Mm